Hi guys and welcome to the third episode of the Students Unlocked podcast and today we have an extremely special guest from within the university itself. Certainly, so we're going to just be speaking to Dr Esme from the university and speaking to the chaplaincy before we get into more specific project run. What is the role of the chaplaincy on campus here at the University of Surrey and what's your relationship with the university or the chaplaincy in particular as well? Assalamu alaikum rahmatullah. Jazakumullah khairan for interviewing me and giving me this opportunity to talk to the students and the community on campus. My, I go back with the university well before my appointment as a chaplain. And when I moved, I moved into Surrey in 1996 to join Ericsson, which was just behind uh, the university on, on the A3. Right. And since that time, I had uh, a link with the university, particularly with the ISOC, because I was uh, sharing the khutbah, the Friday sermon and prayers, with uh, three other colleagues. One of them was a lecturer and uh, two were uh, from the community. We also had a a consultation uh, group that we met with the Islamic society in order that they ask us and, uh, you know, about things they needed and also to plan the coordination with the local community. Uh, By that time, there were uh, a few programs that were shared. Uh, The the community also provided khatibs. They provided, uh, I taught tajweed um, uh, at that time. And also we had this iftar program, which was running probably 10 years before I I arrived. So today we're talking about more than 30 years of of daily iftar on campus in uh, collaboration with the community. So that, you know, I go back at that time. Ten years ago, one of uh, my uh, colleagues, uh, uh, Professor Osama Khan, now he is a, pro- a provost, mm-hmm. he approached me and he said, Husni, look, you know, I need someone to provide uh, the islamic aspect of our, of the role of a chaplain yeah he was the chaplain by the way uh, he he was the chaplain at that time and and by the way uh, to my knowledge the muslim chaplaincy started around my arrival or just after that so it started uh, about 20 years ago and so anyway i said but why i i'm, I'm already doing that he said, well, mm-hmm. if you have an official uh, title, then you, you can talk to the university, you can demand things, and, you know, you are more official. Yeah. Then I accepted the role, and uh, three months or four months later, he, uh, he moved to another university, so I was doing the job on my own. So that was, if, if you like, the history. So what I want to say, I'll answer the question, but I just want to say that <clears throat> I've, I've already been familiar with the university. And also I had the khutbah, uh, I, I was giving khutbah at that time. 
and and but that time it was uh, you know myself as as the main khatib as well as another brother uh, and i was advising the islamic society sometimes they ran into trouble so we came and we try to help so the extra thing that needed to be done uh, uh, as as a chaplain is really to facilitate the provision of appropriate pastoral care yeah. for both students and staff uh, reflected uh, from uh, the faith which is islam in this case and also communicate the availability of support yeah. um, between the university and the students so the students will need um, facilities and the university should provide as much as possible these facilities uh, and uh, as you can imagine facilities such as prayer rooms such as a venue for for Juma <clears throat> is extremely important because um, Juma at some stage peak time we had 700 students yeah. attending so we really needed the biggest hall we can uh, we can have uh, we had a, a few members of the local community attending um, around 10 percent or so of that number so that was also to uh, make sure that the facilities are met by the universities and then you know when whenever that is not possible we discuss how we can compromise yeah the other aspect of a, a chaplain is really to ensure that uh, religious and sp spiritual needs uh, as a muslim for the muslim community are understood and communicated and 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 facilitated accommodated by the university indeed yeah absolutely and and of course that that uh, that is a very important role uh, and i found uh, i must confess that i found it is very important to have a chaplain because then i am a member of staff i am you know the university appointed me so i have a voice and sometimes the students cannot get uh, some booking for example and then when i uh, ask the time tabling it's accepted then you know it is facilitated it, it's yeah. it's not that mm -hmm. it's you know students they they have uh, you know they they are being uh, backed by the university they are backed by the student union but it depends on on the people sometimes the people are not maybe assertive enough they don't really yeah. tell the university the importance of the event and so on and they perhaps not being they are not given the due uh, priority uh, and you know when i come and ask for it then it is it, it is something else so that yeah. that is that has been a, a a very important aspect of the role and also well, you know you. a chaplain is a reference point uh, because there are, th for example, uh, we are talking about Ramadan and in previous years I've been approached by the university to say, you know, we have students who say they are fasting during the exams. You know, two years ago, Ramadan was bang in the middle of the exam. Yeah. Uh, and then even students came to me and said, you know, can we break our fast? 
So I was in the middle between the university wanting to know more about Ramadan and and uh, have a, a scholarly opinion, if you like. Yeah. And also to make sure that I know and represent the viewpoint of the students to the university, because there are many students, they don't have the same approach. Some are more lenient than others. Some they have more knowledge than others. Some they are more dedicated than others. And I need to embrace everyone. Uh, and by the way, I always mm -hmm. make sure that uh, uh, the message is uh, reached to all students. Say, I am not a chaplain for the ISOC, the Islamic society. Yes, the Islamic society represents the Muslim students and they are perhaps uh, the body that I, I communicate with more, but also I am the chaplain for all Muslims from yes. everywhere, uh, regardless of uh, the school of thought or the background or ethnic ethnic uh, uh, belonging of, of the students. So I am, I am, I am the chaplain for all Muslims, uh, and I need to represent, you know, the students as such. And I think you know it. It it's easier said than done. You only need one student to want something very different from the others, uh, yeah. and and uh, with many emails being sent to various uh, parts of the universities, the, the university, and then you know that voice is very loud and it needs to be facilitated. Hundred percent. Um, and also, you know, uh, it is uh, the other aspects of uh, the chaplain is to make sure that. Uh, there is uh, a promotion of a cohesive uh, university community uh, to make sure yeah. that uh, uh, you know uh, there is peace, uh, there is uh, understanding uh, for uh, is, uh, the Muslims and Islam, and for the Muslims also to understand the um, environment they are in, particularly those who come from abroad. So that yes. that needs to be uh, to be uh, clarified and also to be explained, um, as well as of course support and develop uh, programs where there is a dialogue between the Muslims uh, and the other communities, which happened on a few occasions, but it it happens at individual uh, uh, the, the the level of individuals, you know, sort of communicating yeah. with others and also representing Islam. And I always say to Muslims that the strongest representation of Islam is not like me, uh, uh, you know, ascending the pulpit and, and giving a khutbah. It is really the behavior of the individuals, the commitment of Muslims to show their Islam and their moral conduct and their akhlaq, if you wish, to others. That is the the real ambassador for Islam, and that is the uh, the exceptional and the most important uh, aspect of the representation of Islam. So maybe Absolutely. that is generally the the role of a chaplain. Of course, I need to to communicate with other chaplains. I, I also. Uh, the, the the most challenging aspect of, of the job is to understand the system because you will need as a chaplain uh, 
to uh, communicate with everyone from the vice chancellor to the union to the uh, yeah. timetabler to the uh, you know f- f- uh, facilities that you know if, if there is something going wrong in a room or there is a leak or the air conditioning is not working so you need to to really uh, be able to know who to talk to uh, the, fi- the financial office the accommodation office you name it and so that takes time that 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 takes a, a long time to develop and then people start to know you and you know so if someone if a student comes with an issue you know uh, who to talk to or where the student sh- should be directed to yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that is that is that is that. And also, I must confess that what I have been doing over the years is probably over and above uh, all these particulars of a chaplain. You know, anyone yeah. who comes through the door, uh, I will I will talk to. Uh, if someone is uh, having a problem with a supervisor. Is this a problem for a chaplain? I don't know, but perhaps it is because eventually it is affecting the mental health of the student. It is threatening the future for that student. They think that, well, I I came here, I spent all that money and uh, I left my my home to get a PhD or master's or uh, a degree. And then they feel underrepresented and they feel like it's, you know, not very fair whatever the circumstance may be. Yes, and they feel that, yes, they have an issue with the supervisor and then maybe they, they're going to fail. And and particularly, I must say that this comes from, uh, the dif- it depends on the culture and the culture that, yeah. you know, people coming from uh, outside the UK, from from Malaysia, from Indone- Indonesia, from Egypt, from wherever they come from, they have that... You know, they look up to the supervisor, to the uh, lecturer, that they have the final say, and and they cannot really, if, even if they have an issue with, they need to be extremely careful. Sometimes they, you know, if they can compromise what they feel it is theirs and it's in in their right, they will compromise that. And I think it is it is, and I highlight that to the university. I think it's important. <clears throat> It's extremely important because I think a lot of people don't know the role of the chaplaincy and what what the role actually entails. They think it's a it's a place for, you know, for for representation for your own specific religious community. But in actual fact, there's a lot of different, um, you know, areas and 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 parts of the university that the chaplaincy also has to work alongside and work with to to make sure voices are heard. Uh, Absolutely. It's a very all encompassing role. Absolutely, and also to uh, communicate to the student that it is not what uh, what they think. Uh, sometimes yeah. I I talk to the supervisor. Sometimes I said, "Look, go to and and speak to the union." Uh, yeah. And and sometimes I said, "Look, there is an issue here, and it's between you giving up and and really clarifying that issue." And you need to do so. You can't just sit on the fence and say, yeah, yeah. this is a supervisor. He's my, you know, he's a scholar. He's a lecturer. And how can I say 
what I want to say, which I feel it's unfair. It has to be yeah. said, and here we have a different system. You know, the, the, it, it, the university wants to make sure that it is fair, and it is really here for the student to uh, to pursue their studies. It is it is for the student for sure. So the student yeah. is is the Absolutely. focus of the university. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, praise praise be to Allah. I, I have helped many many students in the in the past uh, in that aspect also financial uh, aspects uh, there are times where a student for example i had uh, a few cases but one of them uh, they had financial problem so uh, mm. and then they when they came to me i talked to the student services and the finance office and they said well because they did not pay their fees then they are struck off as students so yeah as far as the university is concerned they are they are not students anymore so yeah. how do you solve this problem so you need to find uh, these uh, the fees by maybe directing them to some charities that they can pay some of the fees perhaps raise yeah. some of that money uh, and by the way, I don't think this is part of the ch chaplain's work to do. But, you know, if no. you can help, then I, I will help. Uh, maybe 100%. there are people who can uh, lend the money. Because in, in some, uh, in one case at least, the student was just about to finish. Alhamdulillah, yeah. ultimately, uh, the student went back, paid the fees, and when they paid the fees, then the, the university can help, by the way. Uh, if you are a student, the, apart from the university paying your fees, because that is how you are a student, by paying your fees, the university yeah. will help you financially. It, there are hardship funds, maybe two, three hundred pounds a month. They, maybe they will pay something for, uh, towards the accommodation, maybe something for the sustenance. Maybe not a, a big deal, but at least a small help can, uh, can, can go a very long way. So, yes, that, 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 was, uh, that was really... Uh, you know, and there are many, many other examples of other aspects of stu students coming for help. You know, mental health issues yeah. is becoming a very big thing nowadays. And I myself had to attend uh, uh, workshops <clears throat> uh, run by the Wellbeing Center uh, for Mental yeah. Health. Also, I read books, I read uh, booklets, and I um, I was in touch with my colleagues so as I can help students more. I'm not saying that I am doing the well-being, uh, the, the, the work of the well-being center, but at least I need to understand these things, you know, when a student, uh, and students come to you, they talk about something and you know that it is, this is not the issue, the, the real yeah. issue. They're not really talking. They're too afraid That's to, right. to elaborate on the actual problem. That's very interesting. And I think it's it's really good to actually hear another side and another perspective of it from someone that works within the chaplaincy. And it's interesting to see, you know, your personal experience and see, you know, the kind of stuff that you've had to deal with, but also get an understanding of what's available to to all the students out here. 
Um, I've got a question. Now, I just wanted to elaborate on the importance of Ramadan to Muslims, to, to the Muslims and non-Muslims out there that will be listening to this podcast. It would be quite an interesting, um, interesting question to ask yourself, um, Dr. Husni, but it will also be interesting to gain a perspective so more people are aware of what the importance of and significance of Ramadan is to a lot of students. Yeah, Ramadan is a very big aspect of Islam. Fasting the month yeah. of Ramadan is one of the pillars of Islam. Islam is based upon five pillars. The first is to uh, witness that there is no deity worthy of worship but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that Muhammad, peace be upon him, is his messenger. The second is to establish salah and the third is to pay charity, zakah, from the well-off to the poor and the fourth is to fast the month of Ramadan and the yep. fifth is to perform pilgrimage to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once in a lifetime for those who are able to. So Ramadan yep. is, is one of the big pillars of Islam and subhanallah my experience uh, since childhood is that Ramadan is so important that its importance is raised beyond even salah and let me let me just explain what i mean here salah uh, prayers is the pillar of all pillars as a muslim yeah. you know after uh, uh, believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following his uh, prophet and believing in Quran, we need to show that by establishing salah five times a day. But uh, many, you know, uh, some decades ago, there has been uh, a lack of, of maybe understanding, but alhamdulillah also Ramadan for some reason became part of the tradition so it was not only uh, only a part of islam and one of the pillars of islam but it was like a tradition to fast so you'll find that people yeah. who can who may not be so devout uh, uh, they they fast so and that that you know we can't we you know okay there is imbalance in the priority but you cannot blame people that they want to fast Alhamdulillah, yeah. nowadays people have a lot more knowledge than, let us say, 50 years ago or, 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 or so. So Ramadan also sums up Islam because in Ramadan people, they fast. They fast mm -hmm. because they believe they are Muslims. They believe in Allah subhanahu yeah. wa ta'ala. They want to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They want to to follow his messenger, peace be upon him. They also pray because, you know, Taraweeh, for example, is, is very much part of Salah. Taraweeh is the nightly prayer after the night prayer. And it's a long yep. prayer and people are keen to do that. So if you are keen to do that Salah, you, you are keen to, uh, to, uh, to pray Fajr. And also the timing of Ramadan, because you... Uh, start fasting by the beginning of dawn. So when uh, the the dawn breaks, then that is the beginning yep. of of your fasting. You stop eating and drinking, etc. And then that is also 
the time of the first salah of the day, the fajr, the dawn prayer. So it is very much attached to prayers, if you can see that. And yeah. also, when you break your fast, it's sunset, and also it is the first night prayer. It's the sunset prayer, maghrib prayer. So you'll find yeah. that it is attached to salah. It is attached to Quran, to the recitation of the holy uh, book Al-Quran. People recite Al-Quran throughout the day and also uh, they expect perhaps to finish Al-Quran during the Taraweeh, the night prayer, uh, albeit that is not mandatory at all, but they, they like to do that. So they are attached to Al-Quran. Uh, during the month of Ramadan, it is uh, we do something which is very unusual. I mean, we as human beings, we are built to to eat and drink and you know, and to to uh, control that habit for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is is amazing. Absolutely. Furthermore, it, there is an aspect of Islam which depends on the intention. Islam is based on the intention. Whatever we do, and of course, intention is part of all humans. Whatever we do, we intend to do. We, we run it through. We can't just react, of course, I mean, for our heart to beat. This is unintentional because it has to beat. But for anything, you know, when you go to university there is an intention that you go there you want to pursue your education you want to get a degree you want to get a better job so mm -hmm. ramadan highlights the intention because no one knows what is inside your stomach you don't have you can yeah. eat in in few minutes a whole meal you know a lot of us we can eat a meal within few minutes uh, in in privacy and then appear to be fasting so and and fasting really tests our intention that our intention is purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it's a private thing no one knows you know you can appear to do things while you do something else so it really tests that intention which is one of the pillars the two pillars of accepting our deeds and you find that in Ramadan Ramadan is also a, a social occasion where people get together yeah. for uh, suhoor to have that early meal before they start uh, fasting. And also they get together to break their fast. So it is, it is a congregational thing. It's very sad for someone who is fasting all day long and then they break their fast on their own. You... It's it's Absolutely. unusual, and then it's, it's not, not a nice, nice feeling. feeling. And then, congreg uh, and then tarawih is also a congregation prayer. Uh, so Ramadan is 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 very very important for students. Also, Ramadan is a challenge because yes, as we say, Ramadan is a lunar month. Uh, lunar, the lunar year is short of the solar year, so it 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 goes round. It's uh, there is about about eleven days differential between the two years, eleven or so days. <clears throat> so each year it moves 
it moves earlier, if you like. Uh, and this yep. year, it's about the 13th of April. Uh, maybe next year, it's about the beginning of April and so on. So it, mm -hmm. it may occur, as we said, in the middle of exams, for sure, when I was doing my degree at Leeds University, uh, undergraduate degree, uh, Ramadan was during uh, June. So, yeah. uh, so the, the students also have a, a, a different layer of, of challenge, as well as professionals. You know, if you do going and doing work, <clears throat> then you will always wonder, you know, um, is Ramadan going to interfere with what I can do? And that's a challenge that yeah. uh, most people accept and they know that it, it, to the contrary, uh, because you are fasting, you are clearer in your mind. You don't have to interrupt your day by drinking or eating or thinking of, of that. So you can actually concentrate better on on, on your Absolutely. studies and maintain focus. focus. So it's, it's an extremely yeah. important month. Uh, and also it gives, if maybe uh, there are a lot more things, but maybe I, I will end. Uh, you know, with this, it gives you the f the the feeling of uh, the uh, Islam as an international religion. It, it gives that yeah. uh, brotherhood feeling across the world because the whole and sense of community. Exactly, well. of course, as as a family, as a an individual, as a family, uh, we said, and as a community to get together in Ramadan. And as as an ummah, as a nation, uh, as Muslims across the world that are actually observing the month at the same time. So you feel that, yeah, yeah I am here in the UK, I'm fasting. My brother in, in Indonesia is also fasting and in uh, Singapore and in Australia and in Saudi Arabia and in Egypt and in United States and in South America. Uh, of course, mm -hmm. because of, of the rotation of Earth, they, they have different times. They start their day and end their, their fasting. But you feel that yeah. you are part of a huge ummah that is dedicated to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to fast the month of Ramadan. And also that is a fantastic feeling. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that's, that's a very interesting perspective. Um, I've got another question. So I'd just like to briefly touch upon um, the facilities that are going to be made available to students this Ramadan. Obviously, bearing in mind, we're still currently in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, thankfully, though, obviously, restrictions are now being loosened. So, for example, from the 12th of um, April, so Monday as of next week, you know, hairdressers and, and restaurants will be able to, to operate as normal, obviously within uh, specific government and localised guidelines. So what's going to happen for the Muslim community within the university? Is there going to be iftar facilities available? Um, uh, is the, the nightly prayer, so the taraweeh prayer that's held every night during Ramadan, is that going to be, be happening? Or what kind of an idea or a picture could you give us without telling us all the information? Just to give you uh, an idea of a year before last year, so not last Ramadan, mm -hmm. the Ramadan before, and hopefully Ramadan to come. Uh, last year, uh, during previous years, we had collective iftar 
throughout the the month so every day we we come together and we we break our fast together we pray together. yeah uh, in the last a few years we were located in the marquee on pat's field which and we mm-hmm. had a permanent place for prayers and uh, it it was also a, a huge place for uh, the community because this is by the way a community shared activity most of the funds yeah. come from the community the community because it cost around um, near thousand pounds uh, normally a day uh, we had up to 300 350 people breaking their fast on a daily basis sometimes it goes a little bit down if if there is uh, people going home or uh, during weekends uh, so the community share in in the, uh, the they they fund that uh, Ramadan uh, and we break the fast together. We pray Maghrib, we pray Aisha and and uh, and Taraweeh. Last year, unfortunately, we couldn't do that. So we and yeah. also uh, very few students were on uh, on campus. So. Okay. We didn't want the students to feel left or to be alone. So we uh, organized with the consent of the university what we called uh, Grab and Go, GG, which Alhamdulillah yeah. was very successful. It was, I think, uh, about 50 or so, 50, 60 students per day. So it's not really the number you expect. But, but Alhamdulillah, it facilitated the people on, on, on campus. So they, they, they didn't okay. feel that, okay, it's Ramadan, I'm on my own. No, there is a meal. And yeah. of course, if they are, if they are sharing with others, um, then they will have their iftar with them. But this year, alhamdulillah, yeah. as you mentioned, things are looking up with, by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then by uh, also uh, the vaccination program, which is exceeded now 50% of the population. And also the university are following uh, a COVID-19 testing. So even if you don't have a test, so if I want to come and give a khutbah on Friday, I have to test myself at least once a week. But if someone is, is there more, then they have to test twice a week. And it's an instant test to make sure that people are safe. So what do we have this? Hopefully we are having the first week or so we are in the marquee. We will have uh, Mm -hmm. congregational iftar. So it is, we can get together. And uh, at the moment it is with with social distancing. Uh, So there is people getting together in one place, but observing social distancing. Obviously they cannot observe masks because uh, you know they need to eat hopefully by the 12th yeah. uh, then there is a, a, a committee called silver committee or silver meeting if they decide that mm-hmm. the the distancing is is lifted or reduced we will have to wait but at least we do have collective iftar we will have it in That's the good. marquee uh, and then mm-hmm. we will move probably to this is um, subject to uh, negotiation and availability to um, hillside restaurant. And by the way, hillside restaurant was also another venue where we uh, 
had collective iftar and uh, yep. we um, uh, prayed maghrib and and tarawih in the in the restaurant it was very nice you have tables and it's warm etc so we may have to move there uh, during ramadan and for uh, tarawih uh, it most pro- uh, most um, probably that will take uh, a place in the university hall with social distancing okay. so that that is what is planned uh, i believe they, uh, at the beginning i think it's still uh, university is not open next week at least there are no teaching so students may be at home yep. or some of them may be at home i don't know uh, what is the ruling now uh, whether they have they can go or not i i just speak of whatever possibility they'll 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 comply with uh, and then it yep. will ramp up when they come back so we will have a good number uh, at the moment we think that we will have excess of 100 people at the beginning of Ramadan, which is wow. Alhamdulillah from 50 to 100 and probably towards maybe the middle of Ramadan, uh, probably we'll see even more people. So it's not grab and go. It is really collective iftar. Thank you very much. That's a that's a very good sort of idea and perception for a lot of people to look forward to from the Muslim community. And as well for, for non-Muslim students who can inform their friends who, who will be fasting, their friends, their flatmates, you know, let it will give them a chance to make them aware of what's going to be available as well because i'm sure a lot of people are unaware of actually the facilities and what's sort of going to happen during the month of ramadan especially within the university especially for those who are first years or um foundation year students who won't who would never have been to a university before so they won't really know the way that the isoc works and the 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 kind of activities and programs that are set up and, and I definitely put into place. agree this um discussion has been so insightful some as someone who isn't a muslim i've learned a lot <laughs> and i think it's very um it's very helpful because i do have a muslim housemate and then when random comes you know some people don't want to be asked questions or why are you doing this why are you doing that do you know what i mean so i have like the pride knowledge which is really really good so i really i'm um happy um I do have a question, one final question before we wrap up. Um, do you have any messages or any message that you'd like to share with the community, students and staffs within the university this Ramadan? Yes, uh, I think uh, I also want to add uh, that if, if I want to describe Ramadan in one word, I would say that Ramadan is the month of piety. Uh, because yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu kutiba alaykum usiyamu kama kutiba ala alladheena min qablikum la'allakum tattaqoon O you who have believed decreed upon you is fasting as it was decreed upon those before you that you may attain piety piety is righteousness so my message to the students is really to capture the opportunity of the month of Ramadan, to attain that uh, piety, to attain uh, righteousness, which means to uh, to have good moral conduct with people and also to have a fantastic connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by obeying him uh, and following his commands. So Ramadan should give us that righteousness uh, uh, benefit 
So we fast for a reason, not to torture ourselves for uh, ourselves for sure. We fast to feel yeah. that what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uh, uh, command us to do, we will do. He created us dependent on things that feed the body, the physical part of the body, but also fasting was decreed and and by the way it is it 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 was decreed as the the verse says it was decreed upon those who were before us so and the the, the reason for that is to deprive the physical part of the of us which is the body in order to concentrate on the spiritual part of us so it is it is really uh, sort of saying okay you have been fed and you have been looked after all year long that is the body so now you have to to fast a few hours a day and uh, alhamdulillah islam is 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 easy because before uh, you, you can you can have you can eat after uh, sunset and before dawn but you deprive that part of your body so as your your ruh your spirit your connection with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes very very strong and we feel that when we fast the first day it is a little bit difficult the second third but then we start to feel the sweetness and the benefit and the reward of fasting so we need uh, my my message is to concentrate on the benefit to concentrate on the value of fasting rather than to say oh i'm going i love having my cup of tea i love to have a, a coffee and to be honest you know when i was a kid i never missed food and even now what do you miss <laughs> you miss that cup of tea that most of the time you don't absolutely finish half of it you know and sometimes you can go without very food, true. but to know that you can't have food, you then you feel you feel it's so you 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 do this sacrifice to attain piety, to attain righteousness, and that righteousness should be reflected uh, with your behavior with other uh, uh, human beings with your flatmate with your neighbors with your parents with your friends with your colleagues you know with with the people you work with etc and that is the real test and so you need not only to to fast but also to make sure that you behave well you you treat people well you look after yourself you look after others bring the best out of yourself during this Ramadan it is a training course for the rest of the year so as you re-emerge yeah. by Eid time as a person cleansed from uh, impurities if you like and also as a person with high moral conduct because all the ibadah uh, uh, worship in Islam should lead a person to treat other others in a in a in the best possible way you know to be kind to be approachable to be helpful to be generous uh, and ramadan brings all of these aspects 
uh, in us and we need to concentrate on these aspects. Uh, they, I think you had a lot more uh, questions. Uh, if you want, uh, if there is time, I'm happy to, to answer these. Uh... I think you've, you've covered the majority of the questions that we intended on asking you. And thank you very much, Dr. Hosni. It's, it's been an absolutely amazing experience for myself as a Muslim, but also for Definitely. my two fellow colleagues here who are both non-Muslim to gain an even more in-depth understanding of, of the importance of, you know, the chaplaincy within the university the importance and significance of the, the holy month of Ramadan for Muslim students, what's going to be available for students, and also your, your message to the community. And I think it's the, the end message itself was a, was a really nice message to, to hear because I myself, I can relate to the aspect of, you know, wanting to be able to eat whenever you want to. And my friends always ask me, how are you, how are you able to, to have that strong willpower to not eat from, you know, sunrise till sunset and I said the first three days are extremely difficult but after then it becomes like a normality and I think to give people a better understanding of the aspect of it from a Muslim person because not many people will know how how it is to fast and not many people understand the kind of mental and physical challenge you put yourself through to better yourself as the end result and I think it's been an amazing opportunity to get a get a real good insight from yourself and to educate us all and uh, one last Thank thing, I urge all Muslim students to bring their uh, non-Muslim friends with them uh, to iftar. Um, and we always had uh, a day or, or so that we invited people to break their fast with us if they want to fast, to try how to, to fast. And th there was uh, like a fasting day people can try that fast, but also if they just want to come and share the atmosphere of breaking the fast and getting together and perhaps witnessing the prayers, that would be also fantastic. Absolutely. And thank you very much once again. And we'd also like to say a massive thank you to the Islamic Society for collaborating with us, with Dr. Hisni himself, to organize this event. It's It's been an amazing, wonderful opportunity for ourselves as a, as a group, as well as the rest of the student body to, you know, gain a better understanding of the importance and significance of the holy month of Ramadan. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of questions and a lot of people, you know, reacting to this, this, this podcast that we will soon release, hopefully within the next few days. Um, but from all of us on Students Unlocked, Dr. Husni, thank you very, very much for your time dedicated to us. We really appreciate every minute that you've dedicated mm -hmm. to us and the questions that you've answered would like to also say to the rest of the Muslim community, Ramadan Kareem, Ramadan Mubarak, and hopefully all of everyone's you know prayers and, and wishes will be answered during this holy month. Thank, thank you, you so very much. Thank you very much. Thank you.